Sunny 16 presents. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Music and Photography Podcast. I'm Billy Sanford, and today I'm excited to be speaking with Amber Pearson. Hi, Em. How are you doing? Thank you so much for taking some time for me. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on here. My cat decided to start digging in the litter box right as we started recording, so we're off to a great start. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's right. That's right. So you and I getting connected was involved a little bit of serendipity so we were both at a photo walk last summer in Piedmont Park which photo walks are always fun but this wasn't just a photo walk this was sort of a soft launch for the first two films from Atlanta Film Co Mm -hmm. and then when they shared one of the images you had made uh, that's when I looked at your feed and it was a wealth of concert photography And I thought, here's here's the photographer I, I do need to talk with. And, and we'll get to that in just a little bit, but maybe starting a little bit further back, kind of tell us a little bit of your origin story, maybe how you got interested in photography to begin with. Um, so I was really interested in photography as a teenager. I always, like, I had a little, like, Nikon Coolpix point-and-shoot camera that I took everywhere with me. But once I went to college, I kind of, like, had gotten out of it and wasn't, you know, I was off in the quote-unquote real world getting a quote-unquote real job and whatever. Um, and so I hadn't really done it in several years until um about 2017 i had a friend who i was in between jobs and they were like i have a friend who's running this real estate photography company like do you have any interest in photography like they'll provide the equipment do you want to do it and i was like yeah sure you know it was just kind of cool to get behind a camera again so after about a year of doing that i got really interested in freelancing and particularly in music photography i've always been a big music lover concert goer so I uh, really just, you know, started looking into that and and really took off with that once I decided that was what I wanted to do. So it was, again, it was very serendipitous. I It was w- someone who fostered a cat that I adopted and she just happened to see a post on Facebook that I was looking for a job and she put me in contact with my first photography job and that really just kind of spearheaded the whole thing. And so you did go on to study more formally, I guess, at the Art Institute of Atlanta? I did. So I, it it was funny because I did the real estate photography thing for about a year and then decided that's like when the wires crossed in my brain of like, oh, you know, you love photography, you love live music. What if you did live music photography? And so in 2018 is when I started pursuing that, got really, really into that in 2019 to the point that I had quit my job and was freelancing full time. And so in the beginning of 2020, I was like, oh, you know, I'm 27. I dropped out of college when I was like 20, I think 20 years old. And so I was like, you know, I'd always thought about going back, but I never quite decided on anything. But at that point I was like, I've literally quit my job. I'm doing photography full time. I was like, if I was going to formally study anything, I think this would be the thing I wanted to do. So I actually applied to go back in the beginning of 2020 and got accepted in February and then was supposed to start in March and then COVID happened. And so it was one of those things where I almost backed out of it because I'm so bad at online classes. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I can't focus the way that I feel like I need to, but I was like, I'll, I'll do one quarter and see how it goes. And then the next thing I know, like 
one quarter turned into three quarters turned into a year and a half. And the next thing I know, I'm on campus doing classes. And, you know, I, I feel like it was every semester was, you know, being a person who is older, like older, quote unquote, um, than normal traditional college age. It was every semester was its own struggle for one reason or another. And everyone, I was like, this is my last one. I'm not doing it again. And then like, I just kept <laughs> like, okay, fine. I'll do one more quarter. And then before I knew it, it was, I was at my graduation. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. So, and, and you mentioned, you know, we talked, for just a little bit before we started recording and as part of the media part of all of this you you had to do a project that didn't involve your major but what what were some of the what was some of the curriculum like that was more centered specifically around photography so what I loved about the Art Institute is it's a really small school and so I feel like I had a lot of the same teachers semester after semester so curriculum aside just like school experience it was very much like I wasn't getting bounced around to a bunch of different teachers and a bunch of different people I, I like I saw the same people consistency and I'm like a big like consistency is really important for me person so like that helped me be successful but um in terms of the actual curriculum there was a lot of you know camera basics which I kind of knew and I think that's probably why I stuck with it is because like the first few semesters were like easy for me since I already had the experience in photography um but then we got into a lot of like really intense into like photoshop and photo um like post-production um a lot of studio lighting and different types of photography that I hadn't done outside of what I had been doing I've done a lot of portraiture but I'd never done any studio stuff and like I had they had all these this lighting equipment I was like I don't know anything about any of this <laughs> uh, which is why I was there so I learned a lot about lighting portraits lighting product photography I think the most valuable thing I learned in college was uh, aside from like the business aspect of photography was like the lighting knowledge that I gained which right. is really fun because now I work full-time at a portrait studio that does school photography and high school seniors and it's really kind of cool to be the person who can be like all the other photographers have never worked with these lights before and I'm like oh let me teach you how to do this like let me like like I, I actually get it I'm like the person who actually get it because I like spent so many hours in school <laughs> to do it. Um, right. but yeah no it was definitely um are really cool I, I tend to get off on tangents and just ramble but uh school was really just it was a cool way to learn about like the more in-depth parts of photography that like you can teach yourself but it takes you just so much longer when you don't have the resources of like a teacher and the equipment at your disposal so it was it was really cool I did a two-year degree and I don't I I think that if I had done it for four years I would have burnt myself out because again I'm old and college is hard <laughs> Um, no, I get yeah. that. What about the, just sort of the advantage to having access to the teachers and your fellow students and kind of bouncing off, you know, when you, whenever I've been in a situation where I've been surrounded by other creative people, right, it inspires me, it kind of pushes me out of my comfort zone or to do, you know, maybe to try things I haven't tried before. Did, did you have a little bit of that during that experience too? Yeah, I definitely did. It's really cool because, you know, you have the, you know, you, you have textbooks, you have teachers that are teaching you the like technical correct way of doing things, but there's so much room for experimentation and your own personal like spin on things. And so it's really cool when you have, you have your foundation of like the technically correct information. And then you have a room full of 10 different people, including your teacher who are all already photographers, you're all creative people, you all have your own ideas. And so it's a lot of, again, pushing you out of your comfort zone. I feel like that was the biggest thing because I feel like it's really easy to be, to have your big ideas in your head and then somebody, as soon as you're sitting in a room with other people and they're sharing their ideas and it gets to your turn going around the circle and they're like, what are your big ideas? And you're just like, oh man, I have really bad imposter syndrome <laughs> right now. But you know, you, you realize really quick that everybody feels that way a little bit and it's just kind of a cool way to bounce ideas off each other. And you know, that's a big part of how you learn stuff as well is just, you know, connecting with other creatives. Right. And so we talked about the concert photography and, and how that's a specific special interest area for you. Before we get to the photography part of it, though, just talking about live music and looking through your feed. I mean, you share a lot of 
kind of your feelings about music yeah. uh, in the captions for a lot of your photos. And I think mm -hmm. in one of them, you shared a story about seeing parachute opening for the Goo Goo Dolls and how yeah. that kind of sparked your initial love of live music in general. Is that right? Yeah. So it was, it was really cool. I was um, a senior in high school. I had started dating um, a guy who was a really big Goo Goo Dolls fan. And um, I had just started listening to Parachute. Like they had a song come out on the radio. And of, of course it was like this. I, so I'm, I'm a very like emotional, like dramatic, like any kind of song with a story, I'm like a sucker for that. And so they, they released this song uh, and it's like a fictional song about like the point of view of somebody whose loved one is like in a hospital dying which is like very very like sad and you know not the kind of thing that an 18 year old needs to be listening to but um <laughs> right. i was like oh my gosh like i have all these feelings and this band is like really in the like the feeling song and stuff and so i got really into their music um and when we realized that summer after i had graduated that they were coming to atlanta with the goo goo dolls it's like oh this band that i've gotten really into and this band that he's been really into we got to go and you know i kind of was I grew up in a more sheltered household, um, not like to a really dramatic extent, but I had never gone to concerts because it was like, ah, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Um, <laughs> right. And so it was like my first concert and it was just something that like really, really, really like I connected with, with the, like I've always been a big music person, but just like the atmosphere of a live music experience, it just kind of like really set something off in my brain that I'm like, oh, this is it. Like, this is the thing that I like to do. Um, and so I started going to concerts a lot more. And over the years, it really just kind of became a, almost like a haven for me through the midst of all of life's bullshit is just to have this escape of this like place that I could go to you know, connect with people that like the same things as me and connect with this art that has like held such a special place in, in my life. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it, that is one of the things, you know, a concert or, or my experiences in going to concerts, of course, everybody's there to have a good time. They, most of them are going to be fans of the group. Everybody's, right. you know, you got this real positive, energetic vibe in the crowd going on it's, it's it is a great experience and can help you, you know you're it feels like you're sharing this bond with everybody that's there mm -hmm. yeah definitely so how did the photography part of it come in how did you get started so i back in 2016 i this is a lot of backstory and again i'm very wordy so i'm gonna be <laughs> about this that's not um, good <laughs> back in 2016 i was in a car accident that like was really severe i broke my pelvis in three places mm. and basically had to learn how to walk again and i had been at that point going to concerts for several years and like really enjoying them for several years but i think after that um i went through that and i went through really just like a really traumatic abusive relationship kind of like you know concurrently with the healing from that car accident and once I like got out the other side of both of those situations I was just kind of like I felt like I was just kind of coasting in life I was not like nothing was making me that happy like I was finally out of all of the shit storm of everything that had been going on but like there was nothing that I was that excited about and I remember it was 2017 i believe april of 2017 it was andrew mcmahon at the buckhead theater i bought a ticket i went by myself like i hadn't really done that much of going to concerts by myself but like he's one of my favorite singers like forever and always and so i went to the show i again you talk about like meeting people at shows i met a girl within her two twins her kids and like now at every intermission show I see them and connect with them which is really cool we're still like Facebook friends and all of that but I like connected with them I had a great time and I, I remember like thinking in the middle of the show like just stopping and having a moment of like this is it like this is that feeling that I've been missing like I'm happy I'm excited like this is for once in my recent life I am not like dreading something or any like I'm just in this moment I'm happy and so after that show I went home and I had taken a picture of he had like Andrew had like stood up on his piano at one point and like the lights were behind him and it was like really cool I had taken it it was just on my phone but I made that photo my like phone wallpaper and eventually printed it out and I still have it hanging on my wall like and I just every time I looked at that it was like 
that happiness is still here in my life. Like, even though it felt like it, I've been so far removed from it for so long, like it's still there, I can still find it. And so that photo, it was the photo that was that constant reminder after the fact of this thing that I had been missing and like this piece that finally felt like it had fallen into place. And so, you know, that was the same year I kind of had picked up a camera again. And so those two things kind of converging was, oh, you know, I'm finally taking pictures again. I'm finally like getting behind a camera again and pursuing photography again. And also like, I finally figured out that live music is this thing that is like absolutely a haven for me and my happy place in this really important facet of my life as well. And so it just took a few months after that for that to really kind of converge and, oh, I want to keep doing that. I want to keep capturing these moments, you know, not just for myself, but I want to be able to, you know, and I've had people and I've never really talked to too much about this being my goal behind concert photography, but I've always wanted to capture the moments and have my photos feel like you're there at the show. And mm -hmm. it's so funny because like I've had people come up to me and have had people message me on Instagram and be like, you know, oh, you took pictures of my favorite band at like the masquerade or whatever. And every time I see your pictures, it's like being back at the show. And it's just like really, really cool to have people say that, especially when it's not something that I've, I didn't make it like known that that was my goal with my photography. It's not like people were hearing me say like, this is what I want to accomplish. And they were validating me. They were just validating me because they felt that way, which was really, really interesting and really cool. It's a very. Yeah, definitely. I would have to imagine that's very gratifying, you know, for your images to be able to resonate with somebody in that way. Yeah, absolutely. So you have photographed several different types of genres and it, different venues, indoors, outdoors, small clubs, big, uh, you know, State Farm Arena is a big place. <laughs> so what are, you know, I, I guess maybe talk a little bit about the differences in how you approach photographing different types of music at different venues and kind of maybe what are some of your, your personal favorites? I mean, I mean, you do great at all of it, but kind of what's the the different atmosphere at those different types of places? Um, I think that I, I enjoy, and I, I like, I've always been an enjoyer of a lot of different types of music. And so I feel like I enjoy a lot of different types of shows. Um, I think my, so I grew up when I was in high school, like when I was not listening to like, you know, sad acoustic guitar kids singing about their fictional wife dying like i was listening to like fallout boy and my chemical romance like a lot of pop punk stuff and so i feel like a lot of that like pop punk like really high energy like band members that are like lots of jumping on stage or jumping into the crowd like lots of movement lots of stuff like i feel like those have been the shows that i really you know get the coolest shots at like have the most fun at so i really do enjoy that i've shot shows like that from like places like the Earl and you know 529 like little tiny venues in Atlanta up to State Farm Arena you know I don't think I would necessarily classify um sorry not Fall Out Boy um 21 Pilots as pop punk they're definitely more of a poppy band but right. I photographed them at State Farm Arena and there was lots of crazy jumping off stage and <laughs> nonsense like that that was really fun so got some stuff like that anything that's like super high energy I think is probably my favorite genre to photograph. In terms of like favorite venue, I don't know, like they all are so cool for different reasons. Like it's really cool to shoot at State Farm Arena and like have the huge pit and have the huge stage and, and things like that. It, it definitely feels like, I think a lot of music photographers who get really involved in the local scene, they have a hard time feeling like they've like, quote unquote, made it like, mm -hmm. you know, cause you know, music photography, there's a lot of people who want to get into it. It's like not always easy to find opportunities. So when you shoot a big venue like that, it's just kind of like, holy shit, like I'm really here. There's like, you know, <laughs> like 60,000 people or whatever. Like there's so many people that I'm in front of all of them, like taking pictures of this artist that they're here to see. Like, that's really cool. But you know, there's definitely something to be, said for like remembering your roots and I feel like there's I mean I still sometimes will photograph shows at the Earl if you know I've got a publication who needs a show covered there or I have a friend in a band and stuff and they're playing there like I will still get down you know on my knees and sticky <laughs> covered floors to get a cool shot from a stage that's six inches off the ground so um right. they, they definitely are all very fun in their own regard and i feel very fortunate that i've gotten to experience the whole like spectrum of shitty dive bars up to a <laughs> it's, 
that's very very cool and so it's i am very fortunate in that regard yeah definitely so in the sense that you're there working i would imagine at a big venue it's nice to be able to move you know to have a little bit more room to move around yeah but but just as a music fan i feel like maybe in the smaller venues where it's more intimate maybe there's a little bit you know it, in a big place the artist up on the stage there's some separation from the fans right but in those small places where they're right up against the stage and you get that even more energy feedback i guess is that has that been your experience or what are your definitely and like i think that you know in smaller venues it is really cool to like have there's more interaction like there's more space for interaction between the artists and the fans because you know they're right there versus you know state farm arena the stage is like probably seven feet off the ground and then you've got your whole pit your barricade and the fans are down here and there's like definitely like you know, energy between the fans and the artists and stuff, but you know, it's not like they can just like reach out and like touch hands or anything like that. And so I think that's like definitely something to be said about the smaller venues and the the connection that can be made there. But I think that also go- speaks to the artists who are really like have are really in tune with their fans and like really in tune with that energy that you can go to state farm arena and still feel that energy connection like even though there's not so much of a physical one like you can definitely still feel the artists interacting with their fans and vice versa in such a huge venue it's like that really i think that really speaks to and i i keep going back to 21 pilots it's like the my favorite show that i shot at state farm arena there was just like you could definitely tell that there was a lot of connection between both the fans and the artists and i think that like really speaks to you know how in tune they are that they can be in such a big venue and still make it feel connected right well so as a photographer working at the shows do you have moments that you're looking for like do you like a kind of a quiet moment with a single spotlight on the singer or do you like the total rock star pose with the hair swinging around or are all of it I mean are there are there moments that you anticipate and look for during a show to capture and and when you get it you just get that little extra bit of adrenaline like yeah I captured it yeah I definitely think I'm looking for the like more high energy more movement I I tend to like be most excited about like jump shots when I've got like somebody jumping off the top of the like drum riser. There was, I didn't actually get the shot because I like got the shot right before it and missed it. But New Politics, I think it's their singer does like a backflip off the drum riser. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I wasn't ready for it. I was like, oh man. But there have been plenty of moments where stuff like that has happened and I've gotten the shot. And that's always my thing of like, oh, that's so cool. I'm so glad I got that. So I tend to try to follow the movement. I just turned 30 this year, so I feel old at this point. I feel like I'm <laughs> this job. So my general first move when I get to a venue to like hype myself up is like go grab a Red Bull. So by the time the music starts, I'm like ready to go. So I'm running around like a little little cracked out person. <laughs> <laughs> Follow, you know, all of the even on stage, which is why I think I tend to vibe with the high energy artist a lot. Uh, that being said, you know, I shot Regina Spector at the Tabernacle last night and she's very like her and her piano and her spotlight. And that was really fun too. So I yeah. just, I'm a huge music lover. I love that I get to do this in any regard. If I could pick to have the high energy artist every single time, I probably would, but I definitely love any chance that I get to be behind a camera at a concert. Oh yeah, for sure. And you've been able, you know, you are based in Atlanta. My sense is that's where you do a lot of your work, of course, but you have done some traveling as well to many states. Um, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I've I've traveled a lot. Like I have friends in different states. And so I was traveling a lot prior to picking up a camera. I was just, you know, I would go follow my favorite band on tour for a week or two just because what else was I going to do with my (laughs) I met a lot of friends on the road and like, so I have a lot of friends based in different states. Like one of my best friends is based in San Diego. So I travel a lot anyways, and I enjoy traveling a lot, but concerts kind of gave me an excuse to, and then like being a photographer, like a concert photographer, like gave me even more of an excuse to, it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, if I can, you know, shoot this show that's in Portland, Oregon, it's like, Oh, 
that totally justifies the show that I'm not getting paid to shoot totally justifies me buying a plane ticket and flying all the way across the country like it was just this weird mental gymnastics of like oh now I have to do it right because I got approved to shoot the show so it was just kind of like, <laughs> used to do it um for a while and you know a couple years ago like before COVID happened I was at a in a position of that was a lot more feasible for me than like you know now I have a full-time job at a studio and so um it's a little bit harder for me to just take off and go but I definitely love any chance I get to travel you know I've kind of hopped on little small tours with friends who are in like little small indie bands and things like that and so getting to tour getting to travel has always been such a fun thing and like i definitely would love the opportunity to be able to do it again so if you know any bands that need a tour photographer <laughs> <laughs> there you go do you have a few particularly memorable shows you did either because it was a bucket list thing that you had always wanted to do or something that happened to at, at the show itself or just a particularly meaningful connection you had with the band some any memories of shows that that stand out maybe a little bit more there are a couple so one of them being being able to photograph Andrew McMahon after having that experience that kind of sparked my whole like interest mm -hmm. in concert photography I've actually been able to photograph him twice since then which has been really that's always really cool another favorite band of mine is Magic Giant and I was going to they were playing Knoxville on my birthday one year and it was actually January of 2020 and I was driving up there to see him anyways and on a whim messaged the publicist like on Instagram um, on my way up and I was like hey what are the chances you guys want a photographer tonight and so I got to photograph that which is really cool so Very that cool. one was really fun because it was a band that I was a huge fan of and so I had bought the ticket, bought the like VIP, like meet and greet hangout before the show thing, which I had done with them before. And then I also got to photograph it, which was, was really neat. I think the thing that sticks out the most uh, for a couple of reasons is um, I shot a festival in Cleveland, Ohio, where Hozier was headlining. And I've always been a huge fan of his music. I think he's like just incredibly talented in so many regards. And so it was my first festival I'd ever shot. He was the headliner, which was super exciting. And then I actually got knocked over. There were like 20 some photographers in this pit. It was insane. Oh, wow. I got knocked over and tore a ligament in my ankle right before the, the hiss. Oh, no. started. And I like, I was like, I like, it was adrenaline. I was like, I, I'm not going to sit and collapse right now. Like I, I came all this way to Ohio to shoot. <laughs> that I love so much and so I did I just kind of powered through it and then had to be wheeled out on a golf cart and then ended up having to have surgery on my ankle it was like a whole thing but it was worth it because it was just like one of my favorite sets that I ever shot right okay and so you know most of what we've been talking about up to this point is is digital of course I mean of course in the sense that that is the way that things work these days for the most part um, but you have mixed in a little bit of film with some of your concert photography but and and that is how you and i met was through this photo walk around film but so so how what kind of sparked that interest or, or what got you into mixing a little bit of film and in, into the into your workflow so someone who i was really good friends with when i had like started back in like 2018 2019 i think is when i met him somewhere time is hard for me i like time exists in two categories it's like pre-covid and you know current like post-covid or whatever um right. covid is very hard for me to remember <laughs> exact dates but i was good friends with somebody whose dad had passed away and he had had a bunch of old film cameras and stuff and he kind of like let me have them to like you know play with them and fool around with them and it and i was just kind of interested in in film as a medium in general and so started shooting that really kind of fell in love with it started shooting it more and then when i was in college i was still working for the studio that i work for now but i couldn't work as many days as i wanted to because i also had school and so on the days i had school the film lab dunwoody photo that i was taking my film to is five minutes from my school and so i basically walked in one day and christina who like i'd been going there for like two or three years at that point now so they all like knew me I was like talking to her I was like hey can I have a job and <laughs> walked in and and I was like not even thinking of like oh you know a little extra money since I 
am going to school and don't have availability at my full-time job. I was more just like, how can I make this film habit of mine more cost-effective? And right. so I was like, oh, job, please. And so I kind of just started working there. Um, it was great. It was like the easiest job I've ever gotten in terms of like, we already knew each other. So I didn't have to go through any kind of like weird interview or uncomfortable, anything like that. So um, I actually still work over there as much as I can. Like, you know, when my job gets slow, I, I'm over there and that's how I, you know, met Bill and how I got really involved in the Atlanta film company and stuff. And I've got to, on several of their film stocks that they've released, I've got to have it before it was released and be one of the testers which is really exciting and so i think it was one of those things that i just kind of happened upon became really interested in and then i surrounded myself with people who were super interested in it and so that really you know just kind of like fueled my interest in you know different formats of film and then you know being in college i took an alternative processes class so did some like wet plate large format stuff and so it's just like oh this is so cool and then the reason I really integrated it in with my concert photography was almost entirely out of spite for a very very condescending like old white man photographer at a show one time who was basically like back in my day we had to shoot it on film and I was like you know what I'm gonna shoot it on film and so I have and I do and I really enjoy that as well and it's just kind of cool because you know concert photography and film photography both like present their own unique challenges if you are just you know very used to just like standard digital photography and so it I feel like has made me a better film photographer and a better digital or uh, not a digital a better concert photographer so being able to like integrate the both so I just I never want to stop learning I'm like one of those people that like the more I can learn about something and the better I can get at something like I'm gonna keep doing that and so it's just it's it was like a fun new challenge it just felt like the next step for me when i felt like i had learned a lot about digital photography and was looking for a new challenge and just kind of happened into some old film cameras and now i have an embarrassing number of film cameras (laughs) way too much money on ebay and (laughs) right well along those lines what is your gear for digital and film um, so digital, I've got, I, I'm a Canon shooter kind of through and through. I've saw, shot on some Sonys for my job and I like them for certain things and not for others, but I feel like I consistently like the Canon bodies, you know, across the board. Um, I've got a 5D Mark IV, which is kind of like my workhorse, my go-to for concerts, weddings, pretty, pretty much anything I shoot, I'm shooting on that camera. As far as film goes, I've got um a Mia 645 which is like my absolute baby I love I love her so much um for medium format and then for 35 millimeter I've got I've got like 30 35 millimeters the one that I feel like I pick up the most is it's a Canon EOS Elan 2 so it was a model that was released in 1995 I think but um, it's cool because it's the same lens mount as my digital camera. So I can use all my same lenses that I'm used to. And so um, that's the one I use if I'm trying to like integrate, you know, some film photos into a digital gallery, like more seamlessly because it's like very similar gear. And I just love it. I found it for like eight bucks at an estate sale. And I was like, oh, wow, I love this for me because it's like my favorite camera, like my favorite 35 millimeter camera that I use. So. Like I said, I've got a bunch of them, but that one tends to be the one that I, I reach for the most when I'm shooting 35 millimeter. Right. And just to go back to Dunwoody and Atlanta Film Cove for just a second and spoiler alert for the listeners, I have reached out to Bill. I hope to be able to to talk with him soon. But since you've had the opportunity to to play around with them some, do you do you have a favorite or you just like them all for different scenarios i definitely i like them all like they all you know for different scenarios and things like that if i had to pick a favorite that 250d is just it's beautiful it like i've never shot a color film with the exception of like maybe one that i just like the way it renders colors so much and i got like you know i had never really shot like i had shot cinestill which is motion picture film 
without the rimjet and so it's process c41 so but i had never like learned a lot about like you know what is a rimjet layer like what is ecn2 processing what is what how is motion picture film different than like normal still photography film until you know they kind of launched this atlanta film company and i was talking to bill and you know he he would kind of explain it to me and it's just like oh it's kind of like pieced together it's like you know like because at the point i had shot a lot of like codex stuff and i shot a lot of cinestill stuff and so it's like obviously i know the cinestill is different but that kind of pieced together like you know the process of like how they got there why their stuff is different things like that and i just like i don't know i'm a huge nerd about photography so i got really interested in it and now i just don't get the same like photos with c41 that i get with ecn2 like in the same that made me go like wow these colors wow this looks great and stuff and so now i i, I think i sh probably shoot more motion picture film than i do just regular film at this point right and they and that's the for anyone who doesn't know so there's there is this deal right so if you buy the film and and for anyone who also doesn't know why this matter or or why this exists so atlanta does have a, a pretty sizable uh, movie industry and so kodak has a facility there in atlanta for processing the film and so going through dunwoody right you can buy the film and you can pay to have it processed by Kodak, right? Using their actual equipment and chemicals and all of that sort of stuff. So I, I forget exactly where I was going with that, except to follow up with what you were what you were mentioning about the differences between C41 and ECN2 and, and sort of how maybe motion picture film might be tweaked, I guess, a little bit differently than than other types of film but i definitely think that it like you know because i i feel like a lot of people pick a favorite film stock based on like the way it looks you know it stylizes colors tones kind of render differently um i feel like people tend to like reach for like any of the portrait stocks when they're looking for a quote-unquote like true to life color in a film and i've always felt like they render really yellow um right. is like you know fine and looks cool it gives it that kind of like quote unquote like film aesthetic or whatever but with the ecn2 stuff with the motion picture stuff i feel like i get like a real true to life color scheme and it doesn't have any weird like color grading or anything like that that you know some of the other color films do so going back to dunwoody for just a second what all have you done when you've been working there so i i do you know a little bit of a little bit of everything like it helped process the film any of the c41 stuff and any of the black and white stuff we process in-house and then like you were mentioning the code or the um ecn2 stuff we uh send to kodak but i i think i spend just as much time in the back as i do facing customers so i you know help people with their stuff answer questions things like that i process film um scan film things like that um one thing i have gotten into more there is photo restoration because we do bring some people or we do have people bring some stuff in um and we have a photo restorer that we will outsource but some of the smaller stuff with all of the photoshop that i have learned and practiced and you know with my degree and with concert photography i uh am able to help out a lot with that which is always really cool because it's never just like a casual like oh i just want this photo to look better it's always like oh there's this really sentimental photo and it got you know discolored or this or that or the other and so it's always like a very rewarding thing to be able to do photo restoration because it's always somebody who feels like really desperate and it's always very satisfying when you know you can make it happen and they didn't think it was going to happen. So that's oh, yeah. a really, really little satisfying part of my job there. <laughs> For sure. I mean, that's great to be able to help people in that way. Uh, do you enjoy the digital workflow? Yeah, I definitely, I, I love every part of the workflow. I love taking the photos. I love editing photos. Um, like I said, I've gotten pretty proficient in Photoshop. And so like, that's really fun for me. Um, I think that's part of why I like film so much is because I, I really like photo editing, but I feel like I can get really burnt out of it because when you're doing it at such a high volume and there's this like, especially like this day and age with the internet, there's this like hustle culture of like, create more content, create more content. And it's like a, almost like a quantity over quality thing. 
And so with film, I think I really enjoy that I take the picture and then I don't know what that picture looks like until I process it. And then once I process it, like that's the picture. Like I don't really edit my film photos. So I just, you know, I think that that is why I have really grown to like film because I'm the kind of person that when I really enjoy something, I will dive head first and like immerse myself in it. And so I do feel like I tend to get kind of bogged down with digital photography when I take so many pictures and I have to edit so many pictures and it becomes like more of a chore than I meant for it to be like being able to shoot film and kind of take a step back from things and kind of like, you know, release some of the like little nitpicky control that I feel like I need to be in it. I, yeah, I, I like, I like, but all aspects of the workflow, but I think that's why I tend to like film a little bit better. Right. Do you do any developing at home or do you wait till you're going in to Dunwoody to do any of your personal stuff? I have done stuff. I did some stuff by hand at school, which was really cool. But now that I am not giving the school money and they don't <laughs> right. stuff, I'm like, you know what? I'll just do this at work because again, you know, that that was the whole point of the job was to make shooting film more like less of a financial burden on myself. So right. I do it at the lab. Yeah. Right. For sure. And being in a position to interact with the photography community in Atlanta, both digital and film, kind of what is the, I mean, what, what are some of your insights into the photography community in Atlanta? Is it just all over the place or do people tend to gravitate towards specific subject matter or techniques or just what's been kind of your experience? I feel like it, it is kind of all over the place. I will say one thing I love about like both photography community and then like the music uh, community in Atlanta, like I feel like a lot of creative spaces in Atlanta particularly are like a lot more welcoming and a lot more, you know, just like not necessarily tight knit, but like just a lot more open to, you know, other people and other ideas and stuff. I remember like a couple months ago on because I'm so used to people who like, you know, come into the lab or I meet at concerts or things like that, who we all connect and they're like, oh man, I have this idea and blah, 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 blah. And I wish it was this. And it's like, oh, well, I did this and this worked for me. And like, you know, we bounce ideas off each other. We really connect. I remember a couple months ago, I saw a tweet on Twitter of a guy who was like, Man, I love that like Cinestill is keeping their film affordable, unlike, you know, Kodak with Portra. If Cinestill could make a Portra dupe, like I would love them forever. And I I literally I just like replied to it and I was like, Hey, Cinestill doesn't have this, but like I work with the Atlanta Film Company and we have the two fifty D. I was like, I think it's like really similar to Portra. I think you really like it. It's ten dollars a roll, like, you know let me put you on like here let me and this man got so mad and he's like you know maybe think about things before you say stupid shit I didn't blah 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 and like got really like and I had to block him because he was like harassing me before and I oh, was no. like oh my gosh people outside of like and I, I guess it's not everybody like every community probably has like douchebags or whatever but mm -hmm. I'm so used to Atlanta being such a place of like we all kind of come together and like on that photo walk we went on like everybody is shooting something different some of us were shooting digital some of us were shooting film it was really cool to just come and meet a bunch of people and I feel like everybody kind of meets each other where we are and bounces ideas off each other I feel like Atlanta is like, there's definitely a good sense of community within, you know, the film and photography people of Atlanta. Um, as far as subject matter goes, I, I know people who, I know a lot of people who shoot a lot of like portraits. I know there's a lot of music photographers in Atlanta, but it is kind of a little all over the place. We all kind of have our own thing, which is really cool. That I think that's the thing that sticks out to me the most in terms of Atlanta specifically is just like, there's a lot more of a sense of community than I've seen in other places. Okay, so let's talk a little bit. I mean, we've talked a lot about your concert photography, but you do other types as well. Yeah. You do weddings, engagements, seniors, other types of events, boudoir. Just talk, yeah, talk about some of all of the stuff that you're into outside of concerts. Right. Yeah. I, um, so I work full time at a studio that does high school seniors for the most part. Mm -hmm. We also, we do school photography in general. So we do a lot of, 
candidates of like sporting events. We do sports team photos. We'll do like the faculty headshots, like group photos of like the clubs at the school. So basically anything that a high school would need a photographer for, we provide that service for them, which is cool because that's like, you know, I had never shot sports before until I got into this. And now I'm like, I love sports. Sports are so fun. And so it kind of has given me the opportunity to try things that I hadn't before. Um, So I do really like my full-time job and it's, it is a full-time job. So there's like a little bit more security and stability in terms of like, oh, I have health insurance. That's nice. (laughs) I was freelancing and like trying to figure that all out on my own. Um, But I do weddings and portraits as well outside of, you know, my full-time job, my freelance, I still do that. I love, I love weddings. I'm a huge sap and I cry at every wedding I've ever been to, like, including ones when I've like second shot for other photographers and they've been complete strangers. As soon as they start like reading their vows, I'm like, like camera. it's kind of pitiful, but I have a separate, I, I kind of like really intentionally branded my portrait stuff separate from my concert stuff, just because, you know, when somebody is like, I love having my Instagram the way it is with all of my concert photos. But when somebody's reaching out and like, hey, do you photograph weddings? Like, I'm not going to send them that portfolio. So right. I have separate brands and I uh, I call it cover to cover as in like covers of a book because my whole idea behind photography is like capturing the story. And so that's kind of like my tagline. That's kind of my brand and stuff. And it, and it really is like, despite being branded totally different like it's very similar to my approach to concert photography is like you know telling the story of that show or telling the story of that wedding and things like that so I do that as well um I the biggest thing that I do outside of like concerts or the school photography company is pet portraits so I have a special needs cat who's got a pretty severe heart disease and so he's on like medications and he has to go get like pretty expensive diagnostics, you know, once a year. Um, it was more frequently that than that up until this point. But basically when he started having complications and we were having to go and he was racking up all these vet bills, I did a fundraiser that was like, hey, I'll do pet portraits, like pay what you want. There's no like session fee or anything. It's just all donation based. And that worked out so well. And I was able to cover all of his vet bills doing that, that I decided to just make it an ongoing thing. So I've got a page on my website where if you want to get pictures of your pets, you can just, you know, put an inquiry in that way. And it, they're still just, they're donation-based, they're um, pay what you want. They, they're a little bit, they're based on the avail- availability I have based on my calendar with like, you know, my gigs that are paid and things like that. So right. I'm going out of my way to like make room for them in my schedule. But, you know, it's definitely something that has helped and, you know, people have been incredibly generous and it's cool because, you know, I think it's one of those things people don't necessarily think to get photos with their pets, but like with me my cats are my babies. So like they're, they're part of my family. So of course, like I'm the kind of person who would do that. But I think a lot of people don't necessarily think to do that. And then when they see like the chance to like, oh, it's not like, you know, a photographer that I'm is going to charge me, you know, $500 or whatever their session fee is. It's like, I get to name my price that they're more likely to do it. And then of course they see pictures of my little fuzzy cat and his, you know, all his issues. And they're like, oh, it's a good cause. And so it kind of like is great because it helps me out with like paying for his care. And then it also like helps people out. It's like, oh, it puts the idea in their head of like, I should get pictures of my dogs or my cats or whatever pets it is that I have because I never would have thought of it otherwise. (laughs) And it's, it's like, if I could take pictures of dogs every day, I would, that would be my dream. Life. <laughs> <laughs> it It is great. I mean, I had a, I had an opportunity early on when I was learning photography, this couple that I knew ran a rescue service and they had somebody that normally did pictures for them, mm-hmm. but there was some sort of, they needed some pictures of some of their foster animals and asked me if I would come take them. And, and that was not an area I had any expertise in as well. I, I did my best, but just great to be able to, you know, use photography or, or anything that any for anyone, I guess, that thing that you're passionate about to try and help out with a cause like that is great, I think. And you mentioned the sports too, and that uh, I don't have any professional experience in that either, but my son, has always participated in in some sport or another. So I've been the dad on the sidelines for sure for a lot of that. And it does seem like there are 
at least a few similarities with the concert stuff. You've got people moving around mm -hmm. unpredictably <laughs> fast, uh, maybe not the best lighting. <laughs> Always. Yeah, that's, so uh, some challenges there. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I one, one thing that I like remember specifically in terms of weird lighting and camera settings and stuff was I photographed a water polo match of all things. And oh, wow. so <laughs> aquatic center where like fluorescent lights and like windows on one side. So the lighting is super weird. And then you've got the blue water and all of the walls are painted yellow. So like trying to get the colors right and the white balance white right in my camera, I was like, this is insanely challenging. But it's like really fun. And so it's definitely very similar, like you said, of concert photography where a lot of moving around, a lot of like following subjects, things like that. Um, I think it was more challenging for me because I, I'm not like a sports fan outside of sports photography. And so right. there was a lot of like, and even if I was, there are a lot of sports that I photographed that I never would have been exposed to otherwise, like water polo. So I'm like, there's a lot of figuring out. It's like, okay, how does the ball move? How does the sport work? What, what, how do I need to move to follow the action? And then I guess it's definitely like, you know, in concerts, you have a photo pit where you have 10 yards of space that you're moving in and that's your spot versus when you're on the sidelines of a court or a field or whatever, like you're up and down, like you've got a hundred yards of football, you've got both sides <laughs> of the field, like you're, there's a lot of moving around. You, you definitely get your steps in on days like that. And I think that I've gotten one black eye in my life from getting hit in the face or getting hit the camera got hit by the football and my face got hit by the camera so there's definitely a couple occupational hazards there but it uh it's fun i really like it it's it's again i'm i'm one that really loves a challenge and so getting thrown into the world of sports photography just by default because of my job was really like a fun whirlwind and you touched on the weddings and engagements mm -hmm. and comparing it with your concert photography, where you want to tell the story of the show and you also want, you know, in, in an ideal world, you'll be able to capture the essence of what it was like to be there to a fan mm -hmm. who, who might've also been there, but for this, for the other work and you, and you kind of talked about it a little bit too, with the restoration work that you do, but in the photography, if you are, capturing these you know really special moments for people kind of what what is some of the feedback that you've gotten from people who you've done that with that really uh was meaningful to you that you that let you know you kind of that they really appreciated the work that you did um, that connected with your goal of doing it <laughs> right i uh so a lot of wedding photographers will do this and I, I tend to do this as well where when i have a wedding client the first thing we'll do before the wedding even happens is sit down and i'll get the venue or the venue's timeline in terms of like we are allowed to be there from this time to this time this is when send-off is this is when ceremony is like all of the basic times and then i will put together every minute accounted for for the you know eight ten hours however long i'm there of like okay, this is when we're going to do family photos. This is when this, and then, you know, just basically like, how are we going to coordinate this day to make it go as seamlessly as possible where I'm able to get all of the shots that I get. And so, you know, I, I make a really in-depth timeline. We go over that, you know, several times before the wedding even happens. And then I'm there, you know, with one or both of the people in the couple, you know, I'm with, one of them at all points of the day basically to kind of help them along and help that along and you know sometimes I kind of have to be the asshole that's like all right you know auntie and uncle like we'll we'll talk to you in a minute we've got to go take photos now so I kind of keep the thing moving and stuff and so that and then also I tend to be like I was a super awkward kid in high school and stuff and so like I was the shy one I tended to be a little bit of a wallflower but I think that kind of helps me because despite the fact that I'm like a bazillion different colors I have a like <laughs> very, you know knack for kind of like falling into the background of places and so I keep the timeline moving, but when the, you know, like receptions happening, ceremonies happening, moments are happening where people are like interacting with each other, I feel like I can kind of fall to the background um, and really kind of capture those candid moments as well. And so that's something that I've gotten a lot of good feedback on with 
people when they get their wedding photos they're like oh this is so cool because we have all of the like you know fun trendy editorial poses that we wanted to do and we saw this shot on pinterest that we wanted to recreate it and we got all of those but like oh my god i can't believe you got this photo this really sweet photo of like me hugging my dad like after the father-daughter dance and things like that and so i tend to take a very hybrid approach to both like editorial and documentary style in my wedding photography because again like that's all of it like you want to have the cool fun trendy photos and like dramatic poses that you want to hang up and put on your wall but like you also want to have those moments with like your family and your friends and the person you just married like to remember what the day actually felt like and so that kind of tends to be my approach and it uh, again involves a lot of red bull on my part because i'm having to be (laughs) 17 different places at once but um i did have a bride one time come up to me after her wedding and say you were a better day of coordinator than our actual day of coordinator (laughs) and i appreciate that so i definitely like my my i don't know if you know anything about astrology but my capricorn moon really comes into play and i i really kind of take charge and and keep the day moving as, as much as i can so Um, I I really try to like go out of my way to make sure that like because I like to think about it like I'm really extra what would I want if I was getting married what were what are the photos that I would want what is what I would want to remember and I tend to take that approach with every wedding that I shoot because it's like you know most of us only do this once or twice or however many times like it's not something that happens very frequently in your life and so it's it's a special day so um, sure. I just try to be mindful of that when I'm doing weddings. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm sure it's appreciated. I've been a guest, obviously, to to several weddings. I've only been on sort of the inside, behind the scenes, in a in a handful. But it is it seems very hectic and chaotic. So, in addition to the wonderful photos, I'm sure they appreciate someone who can help keep things going and on track. <laughs> I, I'm one of those people that I think this is probably what makes me a good concert photographer, a good, you know, good person to work with teenagers, but I'm I'm one of those people that I can thrive in chaos. So mm-hmm. I think it it's, you know, a lot of people get to wedding day and they get super bogged down and super overwhelmed that I'm just kind of like, all right, we're just going to keep, keep moving, keep going through it. So, <laughs> uh, I, I tend to stay very like even keeled and stuff through situations like that so I definitely think that works to my advantage and when I'm working weddings <laughs> I would think so so last thing I wanted to ask you about goes back to some of the stuff that you talked about in the captions on your Instagram feed about the meaning of behind some images to you the personal meaning for you and I think you know as it applies to these two things music and photography I think you know music is critically important to most people. (laughs) Uh, Not a lot of people don't have any opinion about music. A lot of us love music. We have music that's very important to us. We lean on it to get us through hard times, to alter our mood, you know, maybe put us in a good mood if we're not in a good mood, or sometimes you just like listening to sad music for whatever reason. But the point is it is an important thing to help us get through life. And I think for a lot of the the hobbyist photographers, I should say that I know it, you know, photography is that thing for them that kind of, it's their escape, right? From the real world and, and whatever may be weighing on their mind or any troubles they've got going on at, at home or at work or at school or whatever the case may be. You know, these things help get us through basically what is is what i'm saying and this was especially true during the pandemic i think photography was what got me through (laughs) especially that first year i think with so much going on in the world and and just needing to you know that occasional break to get your mind off of things so so basically the question is around music and photography and kind of the role that they play in mental health in general, and just kind of what are what are some of your perspectives on on that? Yeah, I definitely. So you know, like I mentioned, when I started kind of getting into um, concert photography or started becoming interested in it, I was at a point in my life where live music was such a 
just like I, I said before, I think I used the word haven and it just felt like this, you know, place to just be like in all in the midst of all of the like shit show of life that was going on around me. It was a place that like I could just go and just be. And, you know, music has always been something that like song lyrics have always been something that have really resonated with me. Most of my tattoos are song lyrics. Like I I just, I, I have such an appreciation for people who can write. And it's not just song lyrics. I'm just like really big on words in general. You know, I read a lot of poetry and I just, I think it is so incredible the talent that some people have to take such a deeply personal experience that they have had and write it in such a like a vulnerable and succinct way that I obviously am not going through the same thing that this person was going through when they wrote this but like you know the human experience is so much more interconnected than we realize as much as you know our feelings feel very isolating sometimes and our our situations themselves are very unique in and of themselves in the grand scheme of things it's like we all have felt similar things and we all like can find comfort in that like empathetic approach to consuming art like music and things like that and i think that's what why I've always that's why my music taste has always transcended you know genre or artists is because I I look for that you know that like message in it and like that relatableness in it you know you talk about sometimes we listen just to sad music sometimes I've been um listening to Noah Khan's recent album on repeat and he's just you know talks a lot about the his struggles with depression and being medicated for that there's like themes of dealing with you know alcoholism and stuff just things that have I have not dealt with personally like as in I've not had that struggle but I've dealt with it in that like I've been very close to people who have had that struggle and then like I've dealt with my own mental health struggles with depression and being medicated for depression and stuff and so even though his story look so different from mine like I find his writing very relatable and so I feel like that is why music has always been so impactful for me like I'm a very empathetic person and I love when I can find pieces of my own story woven into something written by a total stranger and so I think that is the kind of the core of all of it is just my love of music and then combining that with just the atmosphere of the live music I that's why concerts became such a huge part of my life and then as far as photography goes like I'm just a hugely sentimental person and I love remembering things and so these 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 songs that mean a lot to me um I've actually done like I don't know if I've posted a lot of them I've done a lot of like self-portraits that were like inspired by and based on different song lyrics and stuff as well as like obviously my concert photography so you know it's just it's an outlet for me to take this thing that like I found very relatable and I found like very comforting in my times of like feeling whatever I'm feeling and it's a way for me to like kind of join in on that and like express you know my version of those feelings if that makes sense so I just think art is so cool like that where you know we can again express something that's so deeply personal to us and yet when we find ourselves in that position of just like being open and being vulnerable we become very relatable to other people who are also going through their own like deeply personal situations i agree completely and it's just you know and it's the thing you've touched on a couple of times i think it just you know being able to relate to someone else you know another human being and kind of the journey that they've gone on it's it's these are just tremendous gifts that we have i think to be able to share with one another and and connect with one another through but this has been great, Emma. I, I, again, I really appreciate your time. How can people follow along and get in touch? I am on social media as M Pearson Photos everywhere: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I, if you are interested at all in like weddings or portraits, it's just cover to cover portraiture on all the same platforms. Um, I am on TikTok. I'm not great at TikTok because again, I'm. <laughs> So I'm I'm doing my best, but if you want to see the best of my work, Instagram is probably the place to go. <laughs> awesome. And I will include links to those in the show notes. And again, just really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been great.
Thank you again so much to M. Pearson for taking time out of their busy schedule to chat with me about music and photography. Please do check out the show notes and give them a follow. And thanks, of course, as always, to Mike Ketterman for our theme song, Timeless. Mike has all kinds of music available on his Bandcamp page at mikegutterman.bandcamp.com for content creators. So if you're looking for production music for your podcast or YouTube channel or documentary, definitely check out what Mike has out there. If you'd like to get in touch with the team at Sunny16, you can do so at sunny16presents at gmail.com. And as John Whitmore might say, always try and be a decent human being. Thank you.